thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us for Jesus the Healer. Come on in. We're having us a good time. Get your Bible, get a notepad and follow along with us and mark down things that God would say to you because he's not going to leave us like he found us. He's going to say something to us. Amen. I've been going a direction the last several episodes and we're going to stay on it for a while. I don't know how long till we're, till we're finished. That's how long. And um, I'm teaching out of my book called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. And you say, well, Pastor Nancy, this is called Jesus the Healer. Why are you teaching over victory over grief and sorrow? Because there are many circumstances in life that offer us the opportunity for the wrong flow. Right. And we have to know what to do at those times. Amen. And um, it's not just something of someone going home to be with the Lord where the opportunity for grief or sorrow can come in. What about when something just turns out differently than what you wished it to be? Um, maybe a business was lost, a home was lost, a relationship was lost, something. And the devil will use a sense of loss to try to bring in a spirit of grief and sorrow yes. on you. Yes. And uh, so we have to be taught, how do we handle those times of tests and trials? What does the word say about it? What's the right response according to the word to these times of tests and trials? And so um, we, we all are going to face the emergencies of life. Yes. What we do at those times is going to determine how they, how they play out in our life. Yes. And so we have to be taught yes. the word response. Yes. Amen. Amen. We have to be taught it. Knowing what the word says closes the door to the devil. <clears throat> we can't just take our cues from people around us if they don't know what the word says. So we want to find out what does the word say? Because if, listen to this, if Jesus tarries his coming, we're all going to leave this earth. <laughs> Every single one of us. We, we have to know how to handle that when that happens around our lives. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse four, it reads, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Look at this. Uh, griefs and sorrows are so burdensome that it took one of the Godhead to deal with it. Humans couldn't deal with that. Yeah. What grief and sorrow does to a life, it robs it, it steals from it, it weakens it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it took divine help to address it. Yes. It took yeah. divine help. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus took our infirmities. Yes. He bare our sicknesses. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. He carried our griefs yeah. and our sorrows. Yeah. Why did he do that? So we would never live under it. Yeah. That was his intent. Yeah. So we would never have to taste it. Yeah. Yes. 
Amen. Now, let me say this. When someone, let's just say some, an acquaintance that you have, a friend you have, a family member goes home to be with the Lord, does that mean that we can't cry? You can, we're, 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 not, we're not robots. We have feelings. We, we have emotions. They're just not to take the lead in our life. That's right. That's right. Amen. So, uh, yes, we may weep at a certain event that happens, but we don't have to get under that spirit of grief and sorrow that Satan seeks to bind people with. I, uh, I know of one person that they had a, a family member to die unexpectedly. For the next 50 years of that person's life, anytime you would mention that person's name, just in a fraction of a moment, their, their tears would roll down their face. For 50 years, what was that? A, a spirit of grief and sorrow that colored every day of their life. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. We shouldn't have something following us around. Goodness and mercy is the only thing Amen. following Amen. us around, Amen. but not grief and sorrow yes. to where it colors mm -hmm. every single day of our life. Yeah. So it's one thing to just weep at an event. It's another thing to allow, allow yourself to get entrenched under the wrong flow. Yes. Amen. So that's what, I, that's what Jesus redeemed us from, the wrong flow. He didn't redeem us from feelings. You know, feeling, the emotions of our life, it colors our life, but they're not to lead us. They're not to lead us. Amen. Um, so we know this, Jesus was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's not a robot either. He, he recognizes the feelings and it moves him when we're moved, but he doesn't get entrenched in the wrong flow just because he, he feels what we feel. Amen. Um, I want, we were reading and I was telling the studio audience, I don't know how to keep teaching longer without touching where I've been. <laughs> so I'm going to try to touch it quick, but anyway, I keep touching where I've been, but you know, it won't hurt us to hear it again, right? But I won't elaborate as long. How about that? Now go back to previous episodes so that I won't keep elaborating as long. But uh, Romans 15 verse four says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime, look at this, was written for our learning. We need to learn, yes. learn these yes. things. Yes. What are we to learn? That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures yeah. might have hope. This is such a huge phrase, comfort yeah. of the scriptures. Yeah. When God's going to comfort us, he comforts us with his word. He doesn't just comfort us with outward things. He doesn't just comfort us emotionally and feelings. He comforts us, uh, our emotions and our, and our feelings are affected, but it comes because of the word of God yeah. taking its place in our hearts and in our life. And that starts dominating yes. our feelings and our, and our faith. Affections. Amen. Yes. Our emotions. So God comforts us by giving us words. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Don't just drive all your comfort from out here. Yeah. Turn to the word. Yeah. What's the word say in the face right. of that test and trial and draw your comfort from his words. Yeah. The part of the word we believe is the only part that can comfort us. If we don't believe it, it can't comfort us. Amen. The comfort of the scriptures is unlike any other comfort that comes from a human being Amen. because the word is divine. Yes. Yes. It is divine yes. comfort. Yes. Learn to take what God says and pillow your head on that. Yes. Playing that over and over. Instead of taking worried thoughts and laying your head on worries. Right. Right. 
laying your head on fear thoughts. Take, take, take scriptures and lay your head on that. Lay your thinking, lay your attention on it. Go to sleep with that at night. Wake up with that in the morning. Amen. Amen. Divine comfort. Then how we respond to that comfort of the scripture is going to determine how far it comforts us. We can have a measure of comfort, a little bit of comfort from the word, or we can have a great measure of comfort depending on how we respond to that word. Amen. Uh, We had been reading Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I want you to turn there with me. And I'm going to read out the Amplified Classic Translation. I love this passage so strong, so strong. It says, for he, God himself has said. Now see, mark that. God himself said this. For he, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Now notice this. There have been no doubt people in life who have failed you. Don't lump God in with them. Because you can't, you can't treat God like, like others that have failed you. God, God will never fail you. For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Listen to this. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree, leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. How? Did he get his point across? (laughs) We need to remember that point. But look at the next phrase. So that being said, we take comfort. What's that mean? We take these words. When we're faced with overwhelming odds out here, We go, no, 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 no. I don't care what comes against me. God will never fail me. Never, never, never fail me. He will never give up support of me. He will never fail to be there. He will never fail to to provide what I, never, never. See, we have to take comfort. Notice this. He can't force this comfort on us. We have to take it. How do we take it? By believing it, acting on it, thinking in line with it, speaking in line with it. So we take comfort. And are encouraged. Notice this. If we don't take the comfort of the scriptures, we're going to miss out on encouragement. That's true. We need to be encouraged. But yes. our, our true encouragement comes from what the word says and us yes. believing it. Amen. So it says we are encouraged and we confidently and boldly say the Lord is my helper. My goodness. Right there. We're done. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. We win. Right. We win. Yes. Right. Yes. He's our helper. That means I win. I mean, do you remember in school when they would choose teams on the playground? They're going to have a football game, a basketball game, baseball game, and they'd choose up teams. And you know that there was one person that was really good. And whoever got that person, everybody else just needs to quit. Right? Uh, God, God's on our team. We're on God's team. Amen. He said, the Lord is my helper. He picked me. I picked him. We win. Right? The Lord is my helper. Look at this. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What circumstances have have shown up in life that threaten to to terrify you, threaten to overwhelm you? Not you anymore. Not you anymore. Why? You have divine help. The Godhead, your help. The Godhead is your help. Amen. Amen. Amazing. Amazing. So notice this. I was going down, I was walking down the hallway in my house uh, just weeks after my husband went home to be with the Lord. And this verse came out of my spirit. 
I mean, it just, it came up in my spirit with such uh, certainty and force that I just spoke it out my mouth before I even had time to think about it. And I, and, and I said these words, I will boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will both see, I boldly say that. I don't, yes. I don't hopefully say that. I yes. boldly say yes. it. Um, and, um, I'm not just hoping that's something that's true. It's, it's certain. I boldly say he is my helper. When I said that, then the word of the Lord came to me and God says, do you know how I help you? Well, I, I, I think I do, but since you're asking me, maybe you're wanting me to ask you. So I said, tell me, how do you help me? And he said, I help you when you put my word in your mouth. Meaning this, if we don't say his word, then we're giving him nothing to help. He he hastens to his word to fulfill it. So when we put his word in our mouth, now we gave him something to help. We gave him something to fulfill. If we're not saying the word, then he has nothing to fulfill. That's right. Amen. 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 So, um, God said that to me just weeks after my husband died. What is he letting me know? Don't think that because you're a widow Mm -hmm. that you're dismissed from this. Mm -hmm. Meaning you still have to say, the Lord is my helper. Why? The help isn't automatic. We have to say some things. That's how we take the comfort of the scriptures. We say them and then God fulfills what we say. Amen. 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 So just because I'm a widow now, God's not going to move for me. Um, Automatically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have to take the comfort just like you do. Yes. Yes. Just because you're going through a test or trial, we don't get to, if I could say this, lay down the word and just lay there and just expect God to show up. Mm-hmm. We have to do our part. Yes. And what a great part it is. It's Amen. not a hardship. Amen. Amen. So as we speak, boldly speak his word. And if I could say this, hold to that word in your thought life. Yes. Don't just, don't just learn to say God's word out here for others to hear, but say something differently to yourself. Mm -mm. They, we have to have one confession, one confession this way and one confession to ourselves. When that confession agrees, then we get manifestation. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, when faced with storms, acting on and holding to God's word will place us high above that storm. We are already high above that. Why? We have been raised and seated with Christ in heavenly places. That means we've been raised above every opposition. Now we have to hold to that place. We have to, we have to hold, uh, we have to realize, wait a minute. He has, my victory is far above these circumstances. That's right. No matter what comes against me. Mm -hmm. As we choose to act on and hold to the word, we'll enjoy comfort. We'll enjoy peace. We'll enjoy victory that his word has provided for us, but we have to hold to that word. As we hold to the word, the wonderful thing of it, we become an example to someone else. It matters what other people see about our lives. It matters. It matters. Um, I I love something that Dad Hagen said, um, quoting not verbatim, but the essence of what he said. He said, when his two children were born, the day they were born, he said, I took them in my arms and said, I said to them, I will live my life in, in line with the word. Mm-hmm. 
because the way I live is going to affect how you end up. What's he saying? I'm an example to you. I'm an example to you. And you know what? We need to realize it does matter how we respond because somebody else sees us. When they see us, they need to see the word in operation. They don't need to see us fall apart like everybody else. They need to see the definition of the word lived out in our life. Because when they're faced with a situation, they can harp back to that example they saw in us and go, okay, now I know I don't have to respond like somebody else that is doing it wrongly. I saw what the word response looks like. Be an example. Mamas, daddies, be an example to your children. Be an example in this flow, how you respond in the time of emergency. Don't fall apart. Amen. You fall apart at a time of emergency, you got to pick all those pieces back up together. You got to put, what is it? Is it what, the Mr. Potato Head or something? Yeah. <laughs> and there's the little arm comes off and the nose and the eyes and all that. And, and if he falls apart, you know what? You got to pick, you got to gather all the parts back up. God, <laughs> I know that's kind of a lame example, but... <laughs> You get the picture. Yes. Yes. Don't just let your emotions go this way and your feelings go this way and everything just You're just off on tilt because at some point to walk in victory, you're going to have to gather all that stuff back up and come back to the word. And you're just losing ground. You just lose ground. You lose time. And I would just say, just learn to respond right at the very beginning. Then you don't lose that time. You don't have to go gather back up. Um, your sound mind, <laughs> you know, All, my faith, where'd my faith go? Where'd I lay that down at? No, we, we need to be using them. Amen. Amen. It's wrong thinking that opens the door to grief and sorrow. Yes. Grief and sorrow cannot force its way in. Wrong thinking has to permit it in. So we have to make sure we're thinking right. Amen. Amen. Then you have that people will wrongly accuse God when things seem to go off in their life. Whether someone close to them dies, whether a home is lost, a marriage is lost, something goes awry in their life and people will wrongly accuse God. In the sense, why didn't God stop that? Well, God permits what we permit because we're the ones who have the authority over our life. Remember Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power or authority. Yeah. to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy yeah. and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So yeah. when you're exercising your authority, that which challenges you will not hurt you. That's right. Yes. That's right. That which you're stepping over, yes. that which you're addressing won't hurt you when you're exercising your authority. But if people aren't going to exercise their authority, then they say, why God let this happen? Right. Well, praise the Lord. We have to learn. Yes. God permits what we permit. God forbids what we forbid. And so uh, we just have to learn we have authority. God does not have anything to do with any tragedy, heartbreak, difficulty, loss, devastation. He doesn't have any part in that. Why? Because that's not his flow. It doesn't mean he's abandoned you in those times. It means he's not the author of those times. John chapter 10, verse 10, the Amplified Classic Translation. Jesus is speaking and he said, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill 
and destroy. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now see how clearly defined the two sides are. Anything that steals, kills, and, and destroys comes from the enemy. Period. Period. Now, if people don't, if people don't uh, quickly and immediately define where the, where the opposition is coming from, they're going to trip up over that. Well, maybe God had something to do with this. Anything to steal, kill, or destroy, God didn't have anything to do with. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But Jesus said, but I've come that you might have The King James says that you might have life. I love what the Amplified says, that you might have and enjoy life. Anything you don't enjoy, God didn't have anything to do with. Only that which brings enjoyment into your life does God participate in. Amen. So Jesus said, I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So what's this mean? God is the life giver, not the destroyer. Yes. 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 And uh, anything that destroys, the devil's behind it. I said the devil's behind it. He's behind it. Now the devil wants to get you thinking wrong and blaming God because he knows if you blame God, well, God could have stopped it. Well, uh, as I said, we've been given authority over our life. Yes. And we have, we have to take our place yes. in that authority uh-huh. because God forbids what we forbid. Remember what Jesus said? He said, what things sever, uh, he, he said, whatever, so, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Yeah. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed yes. in heaven. Yes. Did you notice that he listed something happening on earth before heaven activate, was ha- activated? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Amen. Whatsoever you bind on earth See, it didn't begin in heaven. It began on earth. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What's that mean? Heaven will back you up. You take take a step to use your authority and say, no, you don't, devil. Not in my house, not in my life, not in my family, not in my finances. You start saying, no, you don't, heaven will back you up. But if you don't say, no, you don't, he has permission to stay. What we don't resist has permission to persist. So um, we we have to learn our part in authority instead of blaming God for not stepping in and intervening. God is the life giver. He's not the destroyer. And I will say this, even if, because I've looked back over my life and I'd say, you know what, there were some things lost in my life that shouldn't have been lost. There were things that the devil got the advantage of me in that he shouldn't have gotten in. And that was, I didn't take my authority maybe. I didn't do what I ought to do. But even so, I'm not going to sit and get, uh, if I could say this, turn in on myself and yeah. live under guilt yeah. and condemnation. Yeah. Why? Because he's ultimately behind everything that steals. Yeah. Anything that steals, kills, and destroys, he's behind it. Yes. So I'm going to turn and go after him. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yeah. But the devil wants us to blame God because he knows that shuts down our faith. And when our faith is shut down, we can't conduct business with heaven anymore. The enemy delights when people mistake his actions for God's actions. Then they think wrong and it opens the door to him to keep working against their life. When people think wrongly toward God concerning a tragedy, 
they won't, they won't turn to God for comfort as they ought. If they think that God had something to do with that, they won't turn toward him the right way. But like I said, the devil wants you to mistake his actions for God. Um, a matador. We don't have, you know, a bull fighting ring in, in the United States, but some countries they have that. And the matador will hold up a cape. Usually it's a, a red, something bright colored, right? And he holds it over here to the side. He gets that, the attention of the bull on that. Yeah. Why? Because that bull is going to go after what his attention is on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the bull charges after that red cape. And when he charges the wrong thing, because the, the, the cape isn't the problem. The problem is the matador holding a sword, yeah. <laughs> right? And when that bull charges that cape, that, that matador thrusts that sword into the shoulder area of that, of that bull. And then that bull feels something. <laughs> and he's madder than ever now. And he turns and he goes after it again. It's like bull, bull, bull. Let me tell you something. <laughs> If you'll just move over three feet, hit the dude holding the cloth, the cloth isn't the problem. Right. See, that's what, that's what the devil does. He does. Yeah. He tries to make God the problem yeah. so that you're mad at God. Yeah. Thinking he failed. Thinking he didn't come through. Thinking he didn't step in. You better move over three feet. The devil wants you to mistake his actions for God's actions. Because every time you charge at God blaming him in your thought life, in your words, blaming God, it, it injures your faith. The devil just keeps thrusting and taking, taking advantage and taking aim at your faith because you start losing confidence in the word and confidence in God when you think wrong. Thank God. See, we don't know these things unless we're taught. Thank God we're taught. How, this is a strategy of the devil is to get you blaming God so that you can, you can hinder what you receive from God. And it opens the door to the devil to keep working. Amen. Well, there's so much to say. We're going to keep, we're going to keep along this line for the upcoming episodes, but we invite you uh, go to our website at deframeministries.org and get hold of this book. We're, we're offering it to you. You can go purchase your copy there. Uh, victory over grief and sorrow. The book is not about grief and sorrow. The book is about your victory. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so go to the website and get a copy. You may know of somebody who needs a book that's going to teach them how to address the circumstances and the challenges of life. Amen. Amen. But until we see you next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. It is possible to live untroubled and undisturbed even in the presence of the enemy. In this book, Peace, Living Free From Worry, Nancy Dufresne teaches us how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org.
If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.